It's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over. But it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special wrestling edition of Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that's one screwy finish away from being WCW. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight? Well, you know, there, Howie Blues, not too bad. I mean, <clears throat> let's be honest here. I just sat through a premium live event. So there's that. Oddly enough, I feel like there should have been more. So I think I'm being conditioned. <laughs> mm. Yes. But we will analyze. Yes, analyze. I know it's not a word, but we're going to do that on this entire pay-per-view. And we might even have some analysis for you, just because we like to cover all the bases here at the Triple B. So, welcome to this special edition of Beer, Blues, and BS. It's the full analysis, coverage, review, and reaction of WWE Survivor Series War Games 2022. And for these shows, Howard Blues on the other side, and as he mentioned, me, Mark Kidder, sit here, talk about the show, make our predictions before the show. We lock them in. Howard has been doing his live because he doesn't get to see the shows. And then we kind of see how the show goes, see Howard's hot takes on it. And speaking of Howard's hot takes, you can get some hot merch with the keyword Howard, 20% off at beerbluesbs.com. Yes, you, yes, you can get some sweet, sweet merchandise like this beerbluesbs.com shirt. It's the full logo right there with our website right below it. Beer Blues and BS all in one. Look at that. It's classy merchandise. And you can get it for the low, low price of 20% off with the keyword Howard at beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch. That's a nice looking shirt, Howard Blues. It is, and it's good to see you finally getting some merch there, Kidder. I, I'm glad I'm glad that me offering 20% off in the store has allowed you to actually join those of us in the merch club. You know? Yeah, it's great. And you can get things like this, a triple B sticker. Put it on your uh, uh, anything, wherever you want to stick a sticker. It's a classy sticker. There's not only the Beer Blues and BS variants like this, but you can get the Kidder's Old Fashioned, a premium t-shirt for when you're watching these premium live events, and uh, 
Howard, are you sporting the shirt tonight? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not. Um, I thought about it, but uh, truthfully, Little Miss was already asleep, and she's still sleeping in our room, and I didn't want to wake her to try and find the shirt, so mm. I'm not. I'm not uh-huh. at the moment. So you were not premium this evening. You were just standard Howard Blues, and therefore we must take an extra 20% off of your stuff. (laughs) Fair enough. Gotcha. So if you're watching this for the first time, thank you. We will get there momentarily. We have two pieces of business to get to. We've almost finished covering the one of them. That, of course, is visiting beerbluesbs.com, the website right there in the shirt next to me and below on the screen use the keyword howard for that 20 percent off for everything in the merch store second piece of business we got to get to is our what's on tap every show that we do here at beer blues and bs we have a little something something out of our respective beer fridges doesn't have to be beer if you want to drink a water or soda you go right ahead Enjoy that. Doesn't have to be alcohol at all. But if you want to indulge, you indulge with us. Prepare for war, if you will. So let's get to what's on tap right away. Howard Blues, you got something tasty to drink tonight? Uh, yeah, Kidder, I I do. Um, like uh, we, we usually do on this show, it's something I've had uh, on our main podcast, Beer Blues and BS, uh, and that uh, it's it's one of the wild uh, sour series from Distill Brewery. It's their uh, Flanders Red. Um, so it's a Flanders style red ale, five point nine percent alcohol by volume. Um, yeah, so I've had that. That's what I'm going with. Um, a tasty beverage. It'll be good. Good on my sore vocal cords from uh, announcing hockey uh, all weekend. Um, and also, Kidder, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little bit of time uh, to touch on this because I kind of hinted it's been an it's been an evening. Um, uh, people might notice if you're a follower of our show, I'm sitting at my painting desk and I'm in the painting desk setup. Um, I'm gonna be painting a miniature tonight, Kidder. Early's working on one. Um, it's one of the first miniatures I ever got from Reaper Miniature to paint. Um, I'm doing that because about an hour before we started recording this show, um, I learned that. Ed Pugue, uh, the president, CEO, and one of the one of the two brothers who own Reaper Miniatures uh, passed away um, unexpectedly. And uh, for those of us who have been big fans of Reaper, who have uh, followed a lot of their endeavors, um, seen him in the live streams, and and gotten to know just kind of the the great personality and friendly, gentle soul that he is. Um, it, it was, it was a bit of a shock, uh, to learn that he had passed. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to paint something, um, just kind of in his memory while we're uh, drinking tonight. So, uh, condolences from the triple B out to the Reaper miniature family. Uh, and yeah, um, sorry for the loss of such a wonderful, wonderful individual. And here's to you. Kidder, what are you drinking this evening? 
Well, let's see. <clears throat> I think just to celebrate a little bit tonight, uh, you know, um, bring the mood up a little bit uh, on the show after that. Let's let's go to uh, Mountain Time. It's uh, New Belgium's Mountain Time. It's a premium lager. Very tasty. I do enjoy it. Uh, they're based in Fort Collins, Colorado. And had this a couple times on the show. But just a refresher for you. If you're watching this for the first time, 12 fluid ounces, 4.4 alcohol percent uh, by volume. It is 12 fluid ounces again because that is on the third line after they've already mentioned that on the first line. And there's 130 calories and one gram of protein and 10 grams of carbohydrates in this, but no fat. And just a reminder that they do use the Ball Corporation aluminum in their cans. Proud sponsor of your Colorado Avalanche. Speaking of which, that game just going final in Denver tonight. The Mile High City playing the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars won your Colorado Avalanche four. All right. I know it's a wrestling thing and we're working up to it. So here we are. Cheers to you and uh, cheers to all of those who uh, are no longer uh, with us. So tonight's premium live event emanates from the TD Garden in Boston. And the attendance tonight, 15,109 individuals got to sit through through this show. So I do have to mention there, Howie Blues. Remember how we talk about um, <clears throat> the pre-show and its lessening value in WWE? Yeah. Well, that continues tonight. No match on the pre-show. One hour of pure BS. Now, thankfully, every uh, normal episode of this show, we dwarf that by an hour because we're clearly superior. But <clears throat> I feel that there, there still needs to be something on the pre-show aside from promos uh, otherwise it's basically just an hour that you don't need to watch so you know kidder i wish they would make up their mind because sometimes they do stuff on the pre-show sometimes they don't do stuff on the pre-show so i happen to be sitting here tonight and uh after i got home from hockey and i noticed hey wwe was streaming the pre-show on youtube mm -hmm. and i I've almost, I almost clicked on it. It's like, oh, hey, I can check out the pre-show at least while I'm sitting here eating dinner. And then I'm like, wait a second. I haven't locked in my picks for the pay-per-view. So I might get a spoiler, and that would be cheating. And we can't have that because then I have to come down as Howard the Ref and give myself a penalty. So we can't do that. So I didn't watch it. And now I hear I could have watched it because there were no matches on it. I wish WWE would just make up its mind so I would know. Yeah, you know, because it is random too. The I, I don't know, ten percentile. They're like, hey, we should have a match now. Where was that? Nobody announced that. 
Okay. Well, there's a match now on the on the pre-show. Whatever. So this show features five matches tonight. We'll go through them as uh, quickly and as slowly as humanly possible <clears throat> at the same time. And why not? It is, after all, the 35th anniversary of the Survivor Series match. And they do the you know elimination tag match typically every year. But this year, the big change is adding in the War Games match as a supplement to the traditional Survivor Series match. And that goes all the way back to Dusty Rhodes, the son of a plumber. Remember the original War Games match, which slight differentiation to what it's evolved into now, but it is what it is. Well, Howie Blues, <clears throat> all right, let's just get this thing started. We got our drinks in hand. We're ready to go. Please like, subscribe, and share. Help us get to uh, reach other people, other fans, and... Uh, help you get famous too appreciate it all right so opening video package tonight it's okay uh kind of all over the place but it, it was a little bit better than some of the other ones in uh, the past few months this as i have mentioned before the war games theme this year was war pigs by black sabbath from their album Paranoid back in 1972, I believe is when it came out originally. Well, Ozzy Osbourne, longtime friend of the WWF slash E, came in to the studio and helped create the opening package of sorts because he was in the opening video singing a song. Yes, he was singing the War Pigs track. And they would cut to him, cut to wrestlers, cut to him, cut to Pyro, cut to him, you know, back and forth. So not too bad until they started working in all of the, you know, recent video clips and whatnot. Because it's not like you just sat through an hour of promos that showed you everything. Whatever. So open it up. Pyro. Always good to see the pyro. Love the pyro. Big fan. The uh, next you know piece as we continue along. Corey Graves, Michael Cole, the two commentators for the premium live events as they continue on. Standing ringside with the microphones. Kind of old school feeling, which was nice. Nice. And then basically described... The War Games match, the history of it, which I briefly touched on. Uh, again, Jim Crockett promotion the first time that it showed up, and then WCW ended up using it. And, of course, WWE purchased the assets to WCW and uh, continue on and on. Now, next phase of the show the uh, cage, it's one big cage, basically, came down around both of the rings. 
And then they had two smaller cages on either side of the ramp up at the top of by the you know the Titan Tron. Now those were for each team. So basically each team made their entrance individually and then went to their respective cage and waited until they were released. They were even locked in so they couldn't interfere. Kidder, I was, I was just going to say, it might be good for us to do a quick rundown of what is a War Games match. Mm. Because... Go for it. I, I Well, because here's the thing. Mm. I don't really know. I've actually never seen a War Games match. Ah. So, so, I don't know how this works, which is part of the reason I'm asking, but I also figured if I'm asking, somebody else is probably asking. And uh, I know you've just seen it, so... Uh, just the, the mm-hmm. briefest of brief. What what makes the War Games match special? So it is two teams of five or more people. And they, most of them, are locked or as, as teams separated. One team gets an advantage. They hold a match before the actual War Games match where the team gets an advantage, one of the two teams, okay? And by that, that means the uh, first wrestler to join the initial two. So then it's a two-on-one handicap match, basically. And then, of course, the other team comes in. It's equaled up. The other team releases a player or a, a wrestler, And then again, it's a handicap match. So the way it's built is two people start, one on either team, and they wrestle for five minutes. Then the team that won the advantage has a wrestler released to come join the match. And then every three minutes, another wrestler is allowed to enter the match. And they switch back and forth between teams. And again, technically, the one team who won the advantage in the match before always has really a one-up until everybody is in the match. Here's the screwy thing that I don't like. What they do with this match, because there are 10 or more people in the match with the two rings and the cage around it. What I don't like is they don't actually start the match, quote unquote, until all participants have entered the cage. So you watch people beat the hell out of each other for 20 minutes and then not not 20 minutes, because if you do the math, it ends up being about what, 10 or 15, right? Five and then. Three, 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 maybe half an hour. F- future well, Howard will will do the math. And clean yeah. it up. I just sat through a premium live event. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you sit through that whole period of people beating the crap out of each other because it, it's everything goes. The only way to win is pinfall submission or submission after the match has started. So if it's well, it's one on one. 
somebody could beat the crap out of the other person, knock them out or something. The match hasn't even started, so they continue, right? You make them submit, doesn't count. You pin them, doesn't count. So I, I understand it's a way to, you know, make the match continue. But at the same time, it could be kind of like a Survivor Series. That would be kind of cool where, okay, or Royal Rumble even. You pin them, and then they're out. So then it's five on four or four on three or something. You know, make it a little different. Anyway, so again, there's 10 people. Two people start. Third one comes in from that uh, team that ends up getting the advantage. Aside from that, if someone leaves the cage that team is disqualified. So if they climb over the top of the cage and exit or through the door, which is locked, then that whole team is disqualified. <laughs> Other than that, every, you know, weapons are legal. All of that. Any questions? No, that's a, that's a pretty good summary. I got it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, anytime. I just sat through two of them. So that's what bothered me because they're in the middle of the match. And then, you know, the 10th person enters and they're like, now the war games match begins. Like it's been going for 25 minutes. <sighs> so with that, the times uh, we, we like to share the length of the matches i'm not sure if the reported times are the entire length they the times on here could be but they felt a whole hell of a lot longer than uh, what we're going to go through so we'll see but yeah but, i'm gonna guess that they don't count it you know would it would it work better if like they just didn't say that the match started, but if they, you know, just kind of made it as once everybody's in, you know, I I don't know what you would call it. Um, Howard's tired. But, you know, like, the elimination period has started, or like, hey, once the last person comes in, now you can win the match, you know? Mm -hmm. <sighs> Which is basically all it is. But but they're like now the now the war games match begins like eh they've been beating yeah. the crap out of each other for twenty five minutes it, it it's kind of off putting it, it's same, a weird weird oh. vernacular to that it's a it's a weird way that they're using match if they were that is it call yeah. it something else yeah and or right say, in the middle they they ring the bell too you know yeah yeah. The the other piece that um, uh, I I was going to say that I didn't like, and then I think I lost the train of thought there. But it was something about about that. You know, they're announcing that and ringing the bell. Maybe they could just uh, ring the bell once uh, or something. Um, the other piece that that uh, as I regain the train, uh, what I didn't like. Because they have a, a five, four, three, two, one countdown 
you know, because they have the timer for the three or five minutes on the screen. They have a sound effect, a very high pitched at zero. And it, it it was at the point where it kind of makes your ears hurt. (laughs) But I, I understand why it was there. So that that was kind of agitating because again, you hear it 18 times in the night. If you do the math, because if, if I'm doing my math correctly, no, be 16 times more correct. Again, I just sat through a premium live event. All right. So mentioned again, the cages up on the ramp, top ramp area. And that's where the eight wrestlers are housed as they're waiting to see who enters the match. Because uh, it's kind of a guessing game like the Elimination Chamber match as to who is next to enter the match. Because they they can kind of agree or uh, in the case of later, you'll see that... Roman was making those decisions, right? As to who would enter next. So first match on the card tonight is a, the women's war game match. This is team Belair featuring Bianca, Alexa, Asuka, Mishkin, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch. Now the news that I was going to bring up to uh, Howard last night on the Beer, Blues, and BS recording for a normal show is that Becky Lynch returned on SmackDown. Big surprise return. Even though it was tape delayed due to some stupid football. So that was kind of uh, an interesting segment. And then the team Bailey uh, was filled with damage control. Of course, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. Now the time listed 39 minutes, 40 seconds. <laughs> this match I had uh, team Bel Air. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that's uh, I mean, that's a good pick um you know but the show isn't necessarily about making good picks the right picks or anything else uh i'm actually gonna go uh with damage control i think rhea ripley has been uh doing well uh i think she's a bit more over in her judgment day position and uh i think this might be an opportunity to set her up for a title shot, maybe against Bianca Belair. Um, I mean, it's probably a bad decision since Becky Lynch is returning, but uh, I kind of had already had this thought, Kidder, before I knew that Becky Lynch was back. She just told me, and uh, you know what? I'm going to stick to my guns. <laughs> Sticking to it. I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. It's so. also good that, you know, you don't have a, 
uh, bottle of liquor next to you and you're going to do a shot uh, for every match that you get wrong. This one would have been a better choice to do it because there's only five matches, not 13 like last week's AEW full gear. Kidder, that that that's not good content. You have to have like 13 matches because there, there's the opportunity to be completely smashed by the end of it. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Whatever you say, there's still a chance. <laughs> All right. So the entrances are were i should say were in this order first of all bianca belair uh and then no i'm already getting it backwards because becky lynch showed up first then alexa bliss with asuka and then mishin mia yim which mishin is crazy in korean i guess and that's what uh, they're adding on to Mia Yim's name. And then Bianca Belair entered the arena last. And then uh, Bianca was the first to be in the ring. Okay. So the other four who came out first went and hung out in the cage. Then the next group came out. Rhea Ripley first. Then Nikki Cross, who, with the help of Rhea Ripley, climbed on top of the cage where they were being housed. I don't know why, because then she climbed down and was in there. Like, it would have been funnier if she just stayed on top and waited until she was called. You know, like that would have been funnier. I I just would have liked to have seen some like official come out and be like, "You get down, you get down," and she said, like, "Oh, I'm so, so sorry." <laughs> I remember bad. Nikki Cross is back into Crazy Cross and doing the uh, craze look and stuff. So she probably just would have like smiled and stared through them. I don't know. Anyway, Damage Control came out next, and EO Sky was there, of course, with Bailey, and they chose Dakota Kai. To start out the match because Dakota Kai has been in three other uh, matches. Uh, I believe all of the war games that they've had on NXT. So ready for the actual match, Howie Blues? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's throw some punches. Let's see what happens. It's only been like 40 minutes, so I suppose we should get to it. Uh the winner of the advantage, by the way, was Team Bailey. So, starting it out, Bel Air and Kai for the first five minutes. And uh, we already told you about the setup. So, <clears throat> all of this is going to be a complete mess of everything that's happening. But Bel Air hits a drop kick early on. And they go into the other ring and they're taunting each other. Belair hits a shoulder tackle knockdown. Belair continues some offense with a backbreaker. Kai gets some offense as she sent Belair into the turnbuckle, hit a running boot to the face. Belair and Kai got back into the ring. Belair tried to use the air as a weapon, but Kai hit a scorpion kick to the head. Belair got a hold of Kai leading to a slam backward. 
Belair sent Kai into the cage a few times, and then Belair gave Kai a power bomb into the cage as the clock ticked to the five-minute mark. Io Sky next up for her team. She came running in, hit Belair with a drop kick, and then uh, again three minutes until the next wrestler entered. Belair uh, at this point was on the turnbuckle. She did a backflip off the ropes, and Sky did a head scissors takedown. Kai and Sky took turns working over Belair for a bit, but Belair countered a double team, double suplex. Very nice. Sky hit a missile drop kick on Belair and knocked her down. Three minutes is up. Asuka gets the call. She's second in for her team. Comes running in, catches Kai's kick, and hit a German suplex. That's one! Asuka... Howard Blues is looking around like he did something. Asuka faced off with Sky leading to Sky hitting a running knee, but Asuka came back with a hip attack. Asuka delivered a series of strikes, then a leg sweep. Sweep the leg. Then Asuka hit a running knee on Sky. Kai and Asuka battled on a turnbuckle, leading to Asuka kicking Kai to knock her down. Belair did a press slam, sending Kai into the cage. Asuka hit a missile drop kick on Sky. Then Belair and Asuka celebrated with a high five as the fans cheered them. Belair <clears throat> hit a suplex on Kai with uh, Asuka fighting with Sky, making the three minute timer tick down. And Nikki Cross enters for Team Bailey. So she's the third in. She goes under the ring and brought in some toys to the cage. Yes, the trash can lids, the kendo sticks, the chairs. They're chanting, we want tables. We want tables. But no tables brought into the ring, and they booed Nikki Cross. Cross hit Bel Air with a trash can lid to the back. Then Cross hit a tornado DDT off the ropes onto Bel Air. Then Cross hit a slam off the shoulders on Asuka followed by some jacket attacking. Yes, you heard me correctly. She took off her jacket and whipped both Bianca Belair and Asuka back and forth. Well, she made some crazy faces through the coat and then went up to the cage and was biting the cage. Cross hit Belair in the back with a trash can lid. And then guess what? Here we are. Three, two, one. The next entrant for Team Belair, Alexa Bliss. She comes running into the ring on fire with offense right away with all three opponents getting a drop kick on Cross. Asuka and Bliss did a double team punch bulldog combo that was pretty sweet and sent Sky right into the trash can lid. Bliss gave Kaya hurricane run onto the same trash can lid. That lid was getting used more than insert your joke here. Bel Air grabbed the kendo stick from Cross and broke it, just like I just broke Howard Blues. Cross climbed up to the cage and laughed at the carnage while Sky and Bliss were attacking some of Nikki's teammates with kendo sticks. Bel Air used her hair and started whipping Sky and Kai with her braided hair. Cross stood on top of the platform, yes, on top of the cage, and then jumped into the pile of women with a huge crossbody block. Then 
Three, two, one, the clock hits zero, and the next up for Team Bailey is the wild, wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing, arm tube woman flailer herself, Bailey. She comes running in, and before getting into the actual ring, she grabs from under the ring one ladder, pulls out the ladder, scoots it on into the ring, runs back around the corner, grabs another ladder and scoots that back up into the ring. And guess what? She starts looking around. The fans start chanting, we want tables again. Bailey brings out a table from under the ring and throws it on into the ring. So now we got tables, we have kindle sticks, we have chairs, and yes, we have ladders. There's more excitement going on here than the damn TLC pay-per-view altogether. So after about this, she's taken, you know, like a minute and a half to get into the ring, but she finally gets into the ring. She sends Bel Air into the turnbuckle. Bailey and her teammates used a table to put between the ropes of the two rings slide it up so Bailey gets caught or uh, excuse me Belair gets caught between the two rings in the corner by that tables they're holding it so she can't get out you know kind of like the spot they did last month with the ladder except Bianca's standing instead of laying on the mat so it's right about the rib level and uh, they're they're beating up Bailey uh, or beating up uh, Bianca Belair on the side hitting her head against the table and whatnot. So Sky comes over, hits an assisted moonsault onto Bliss. Bailey hit Asuka with a suplex, and then Kai hit a double stump on Asuka's ribs. The clock, three, two, one, zero. Now time for another member of Team Bianca to make her way to the ring, and it is Mia Yim. So again, mission, they're calling her because it's crazy in Korean. Apparently, she talked about it on a podcast that her grandma used to call her mission growing up. And because she's part of the OC, they all have nicknames for each other. And that is her nickname in the OC and from her grandma. So. A lot of backstory just to put that in front of her name. All right. Uh, Yim comes on into the ring, throws the trash cans in there before she gets in, and uh, she threw them at her opponents, which was pretty funny. Then Yim hits a face buster into that same trash can lid, getting worked over like a damn government mule. Yim ends up whipping Kai into the cage and then kicks Kai's head into the cage a few times. Then Yim drives Kai's head face first into the trash can lid. See the damn lid? Best jobber in the entire show tonight. Bel Air finally broke free from that table fiasco between the rings, jabbed the table into Bailey's ribs. Yim jumped onto Bailey with a tackle. Belair then hit Bailey with a forearm. They did some suplexes, knocked everybody down, and three, two, one, zero. It is now time for the next entrant in Team Bailey, and that is Rhea Ripley, the sole survivor of the cage. Eh? 
she was the only one left in her cage. I'm trying Survivor Series, right? You, you got to do the thing. Anyway, Rhea Ripley comes in and she starts blasting everybody. She sends Belair into Asuka and then Ripley hit Belair with a German suplex. Two! Bliss jumped onto Ripley, who then caught Bliss and hit her with a suplex. Three! Ripley tossed Bliss into the cage to put her down to the ring, onto the mat. Ripley held Asuka in a submission, leading Sky to running the ropes and hitting a drop kick. Cross was sitting on the top rope while her team was in full control. Yim then hit a running attack onto the trash can that was in front of Rhea Ripley. Bailey caught a charging Yim, leading to Sky hitting Yim with the trash can. Kai hit a double foot stomp on Yim shortly after. Should also uh, mention at a previous war game match, uh, it would be EO Sky had a trash can on her and she did a blind suicide dive from the top. Uh, they kind of tried to replicate that while she was stuck in the ropes at, here in, in just a minute. It wasn't as cool. Just throwing that out there. So three, two, one, zero. Here we are. The final entrant, the sole survivor of survivors, Becky Lynch, the man comes running into the ring. And then, as I mentioned, this is when it officially starts. Now let the war games begin. Nah. Anyway, at this point, it is now sudden death. The first pinfall or submission wins. There's also one referee in each ring. So Becky Lynch comes in. She starts cleaning house, goes a leg drop onto the trash can that was on EO Sky's head. That's the spot I was talking about. Lynch gets into the far ring with Bailey and starts yelling at her, calling her a little bitch, leading to them fighting and exchanging forearms. Lynch knocked Bailey down, followed by repeated stomps while Bailey was on the mat. Ripley then confronts Lynch. Ripley blocked two punches and hit her with a headbutt. Lynch avoided the Riptide, but Bailey got involved and then Ripley hit Riptide for a two count as Asuka makes the save. Asuka hit Bailey with a backhand to the face and then Asuka hits a green mist in Ripley's face out of nowhere. Lynch hits Ripley with the DDT. Bailey sends Asuka into the top turnbuckle and Bailey stomps on Lynch while she's upside down against the turnbuckle. Bailey mocked Lynch and said that she was the role model. Bailey hit the rose plant on Lynch on the steel grating between the two rings. That's the, the, the area in the small rope section there that is kind of the link between the two rings. Forgot to mention that, but as you can tell, only comes into play in small instances. So, as we continue on, <clears throat> uh, there was a two count there. Asuka broke up that pin attempt. 
Sky climbs onto the cage. Belair grabs her. Kai used a trash can to Asuka's back as a bunch of women go up onto the turnbuckle. Cross hits Belair with a kendo stick to stop that spot out of the corner. Cross hit Bliss with a neck breaker off the ropes, and then Asuka and Kai went crashing to the mat with Belair blasting Bailey with a huge power bomb. Sky went up to the top. Sky hits the moonsault on Bel Air and Yim, who were standing in the ring. And uh, that's one of the spots that uh, is kind of the bigger ones that you can do in the War Games match. Uh, also, Bel Air landed in an awkward position on her right leg. And it looks like she really sold it there to make it look like she was hurt. Cross grabbed some handcuffs and cuffed the left hand of Bliss to the left hand of Nikki Cross while she was shouting, you think I forgot? Because they were partners and tag team champions. So Cross tried to handcuff Bliss to the cage, but Bliss ended up handcuffing herself to Cross, as I just mentioned. Bliss had Cross on her shoulder, fell back onto the trash can with Bliss taking most of that bump. Asuka and Ripley faced off. Well, Ripley launched Asuka into the cage. Yim fought with Ripley in the near ring. Yim countered a Ripley power move and went on Ripley's back, but Ripley ran Yim into the ladder against the turnbuckle, which split the ladder in half. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. It looked like Belair was okay, uh, but, you know, that was kind of a... Uh, a crazy spot they're going through the ladder as we know that the steel ladders really aren't steel Belair ended up giving bailey a spine buster onto another trash can in the ring Belair tried to get hit the kod on kai but kai landed on her feet lynch hit the manhandle slam on kai Belair hit a KOD on Sky. Lynch and Belair set up a table in the corner by the turnbuckle. Belair and Lynch put Kai and Sky laying on the table. Lynch goes up the side of the cage there. Belair grabs Bailey, hits a KOD onto the side of the cage. Lynch from the top of the cage, leg drop, boom, through the table. Lynch grabs Kai. One, two, three the winners of the first war game survivor series 2022 match that would be team bel-air of bianca bel Asuka, mia yim alexa bliss and becky lynch and according to my notes here around 42 minutes for that again depending on how you actually time it from what point did it start in the ring whatever right so there you go uh and then they celebrated in the ring so your thoughts i yeah you know it sounds like a like it was a good match um I, i'm gonna have to check out one of these war game matches kidder at some point just to to see them get a feel for them seems like something that'd be right up my alley um and uh you know i didn't get a point there but uh hey oscar's on the winning team and you know I can always do with an Oscar win. So, yeah. Oh, oh. Yes. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Very good. 
All right. <clears throat> Next on the list, a promo for Brock Lesnar. And then highlights from last night's SmackDown, where Sami Zayn lied to Jey Uso, saying he didn't talk to anybody as he got to the ring. But Jey overheard Sami talking to KO. Then they cut to the locker room where Roman Reigns is sitting with Paul Heyman. And then Jey Uso comes into the ring to talk to, uh, into the room that is, to talk to Roman about how they lost last night on SmackDown, that Sammy lied to his face about talking to KO. And, uh, you know, he knows that Sammy Zayn is not quite the honest individual they think he is and uh, tells Reigns that he needs to figure it out, do something about it. Reigns says Jay is his right-hand man. Roman's the tribal chief, and it'll handle everything else. He's going to look into the eyes of Sami Zayn, man-to-man. He'll know if he's telling the truth and where his loyalties lie. So he leaves, uh, as in uh, Jay Uso leaves the room, and Roman Reigns goes, "A wise man calls Sami Zayn." Tying that together, <clears throat> so now there's uh, a promo for a video game. I've no idea what game it is. It looked like some arcade game. And then they had the video package for AJ Styles and Finn, Finn Balor, which is the next match. In this match, I pick AJ Styles, accompanied by the OC. I mean, he is in the OC, but Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson to beat Finn Balor and the Judgment Day, accompanied by Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. And... The ladies not accompanying either of these teams because they were in the match right before, so they already got their 40 minutes of TV time for the night, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, too, was going to take AJ Styles. Um, I, I kind of felt like... You know, AJ hasn't gotten a win, and I know we're past Vince. We're past the age of uh, 50-50 booking, but uh, I, I think you need to give AJ something. Um, I think you need to give the OC something so that you can continue this feud um, going. So uh, as much as I like Finn Balor, I don't like the Judgment Day, but I like Finn Balor. Um, I'm going to go with AJ Styles to win. And I'm interested to hear about this one, Kidder, because I was listening to some uh, to a preview show about uh, this. And one of the uh, commentators was speculating on if, because they allowed uh, Sheamus and Gunther to have a Gunther-style match at Clash of the Castle, could we could we possibly see not a WWE style match out of this particular uh, contest, but maybe a New Japan style match? 
was an interesting thought. So I'm interested to hear what actually we got, whether it was a WWE style or if it's more New Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I see what you're saying there. Yes. And uh, I will leave that one up to you to determine on this 18-minute, 25-second match. Here we go. Judgment Day's Finn Balor made his entrance first. As I mentioned, uh, they're Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio accompanying him. Balor had that weird like BDSM black mask on his face again, walking down to the ring. Uh, Cole, as in Michael Cole, was trash-talking Dominic on commentary for the, quote, pathetic assault on Thanksgiving. Because Judgment Day showed up at Rey Mysterio's home. They told him to leave, and then they beat the crap out of him. And uh, Rey told Cole that he is heartbroken. Uh, Balor ended up handing Dominic that mask before he hopped into the ring. And then uh, AJ Styles makes his entrance, joined by those good brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And he had a mask on his face that reminded me of the grunts from Halo. I was waiting for him to like, it's a human or something like that, you know, but didn't happen. Uh, Cole mentioned the Bullet Club and how Balor and Styles were both leaders of the group in New Japan. So throughout to New Japan in WWE. But, again, who's in charge right now? So, here we go. It's the start of the match. And we're off. Styles goes aggressively right away. Kicking Balor's left leg. Styles ends up wrenching Balor's leg under the mat. Styles hits a backbreaker. Then Balor gets some offense going after he knocked down Styles. Followed by some knee drops to the chest. Balor sent Styles into the turnbuckle and a hard chop. Balor hit his own backbreaker on Styles. Styles ends up running at Balor, leading to a sunset flip. Balor ends up slipping out of that and goes to a basement drop kick. Balor applied the abdominal stretch and then sent Styles into the ropes and a kidney shot right to the ribs. Styles hit some punches on Balor, but Balor applied an abdominal stretch again. Styles wiggled out, grabbed a snap mare, followed by a running forearm. Then Styles hits a corner clothesline and a slam off the shoulder into a backbreaker for a two count. Balor avoided the Styles clash, and then Styles goes to the apron where Styles blocked a kick, leading to a leg whip across the second rope as Balor continued to deal with that left leg injury. Priest distracted the referee at this point so dominic tripped styles on the apron the ref officially did not see that gallows came over punched dominic onto the floor leading to the four guys on the floor getting into a brawl gallows dumped priest over the barricade and they left fighting then dominic tossed anderson over the barricade Styles came over, punched Dominic, and threw him over the barricade. So then he and Anderson went to fight in the back, and there wasn't anybody ringside anymore. Balor and Styles each got some uh, one and two pink uh, attempts uh, where there were kickouts. 
Then exchanged some moves. Balor hit the sling blade neckbreaker. Balor charged, but Styles hit a jumping kick to the head, and Styles suplexed Balor four onto the turnbuckle for a two count. Balor came back with a double foot stomp to keep Styles down. Balor stomped on Styles as he continued on offense. Styles gets back up now. He hit the strikes to the body, and then, well, there's counters back and forth leading to Balor hitting the reverse DDT elbow drop combo. Balor had some visible wounds on his lower back as well. Like the whole lower half of his back was getting ripped up from the ring ropes. Looked like it hurt. Balor was teasing that he was going to do the Styles clash, but Styles grabbed a leg, leading to Styles applying the calf crusher submission. Styles uh, also hit a Pele kick. Balor came back with a jumping kick of his own to where they were both down as it was a nice spot that got a good reaction. Styles sent Balor into the corner, followed by a clothesline. Styles then charges. Balor sent him into the apron as Styles launched over the top, but Balor caught him, leading to double knees to the ribs. Balor gets a slam off the shoulders and into a knee. Balor wanted the lifting slam, but Styles gets back on his feet, hits a back elbow, and Styles backflipped off the ropes with a reverse DDT for a two count. Styles goes up to the top rope, jumps off with a splash, but Balor moved, and Balor drop kicks Styles into the turnbuckle. Balor was still selling that left knee injury as he went up to the top. Balor jumped off the top with the coup de gras attempt. Styles moved out of the way, and Styles applied the calf crusher again. Balor teased tapping out, but Styles was wrenching back and forth. A little bit more, putting more tension there. Balor slammed AJ's head into the mat repeatedly, which ended up breaking the hold. They're both down at this point, slowly got back up. They exchanged some punches, exchanged some chops, Styles hits a step up in Zaguri. Balor gets a jumping kick to the head. And then Styles hits a forearm, and the Styles uh, gets the uh, sweet looking, phenomenal forearm, knocking out Balor. One, two, and three. Your winner by pinfall, AJ Styles. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like this was a decent match. Um, Hard for me to tell you which style it was just from the description. Um, again, that would help to see it. Um, New Japan is a bit more of a strong style. Um, so a lot of hits that look like it's it's not quite brawl, but it's it's they do a lot of stuff that feels more punishing would be kind of the, the way to put it. Um, that's Shinsuke Nakamura is the king of strong style. And if you really watch like him, especially when he first came into the WWE, where he did a lot of hit, you know, a lot of striking, a lot of, you know, punches, a lot of kicks. Um, yeah. So I can't tell you from the description, but it sounds like this was a decent uh, match between two very talented individuals. So, so far, Kidder, and I know you're the one who sat through this, but so far as the guy listening to this, it sounds like I'm missing out on a pretty good show from wwe mm -hmm. i know we still got three matches to go but i mean so far correct sounding pretty good 
What I didn't mention in the first match, uh, there was a couple spots there uh, that looked pretty bad. Uh, in fact, at one point, <clears throat> I think uh, EO Sky messed up either her wrist or her fingers. And so that'll be something to watch here in the upcoming days and week to see if uh, she's got any you know, nastiness going on there. Uh, and then also some people were wearing... You know, braces and and uh, uh, like sleeves versus just the rock tape. So, eh, we'll see. This match, I think, was uh, the match of the night. If I had to put my vote out of the five, I would say <laughs> this one. This one was good. All downhill right. from here. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe depends on how good or bad you think the rest of the show is. So we'll get there <laughs> next up commercial for the Royal rumble, which is coming up January 28th. And that, yes, that is the next premium live event two months out. So Howard, we get a break. Woo. All right. Next, a promo about Liv Morgan. And then a video message from Ozzy Osbourne himself. Make sure you turn up the effing volume on my new album, Patient Number Nine. Number Nine. Number Nine. Where am I? Um. Anyway, you can pick that up and uh, check out Ozzy's new music, available everywhere you find your music. Then another video package about the next match. The SmackDown Women's Championship match featuring Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. Uh, the way that uh, this match came about, Shotzi won the basically the big tournament that they held to have the title shot. And it uh, is what it is. Uh, this one I picked Rousey. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right with you on Rousey. I I just can't believe they're gonna put the title on Shotzi. So I mean, uh, I don't know that I have anything more or not, you know, in the way of analysis on this. Um, well, she has a tank. She has a tank, but let's <laughs> let's put it this way. Um, right now, I, I would say especially with Charlotte Flair out on injury, uh, the WWE is really lacking in top female talent, you know, um, that and uh, it's not that they, I mean, they have some, but it's kind of like, how many times can we see this matchup? Right. You know, cause we can name the main talents, right? It's, it's Rousey, Bel Air, Lynch, Oscar, Flair, Charlotte, Bailey, that that's it. That's kind of the seven, and uh, you know we've kind of seen, especially from most of those, from you know Bailey, Oscar, Lynch, Flair, Charlotte. We have seen those ones go at it again and again and again and again and again. We've seen Rousey in that mix. We're just kind of at a point where it's like 
it's the same people and they just aren't really building up nor do they have the people i think with the talent to kind of break into that and so and when they all of a sudden try and put up somebody like a shotzi it's kind of hard to go yeah she's got a chance so that's uh that's my take on it that's pretty much it yep <laughs> yep so here's this match uh which was seven minutes 15 seconds too long i picked uh, rousey you pick rousey and here we go so <clears throat> i do have to say Shayna baszler has been partnering with ronda rousey which finally giving Shayna baszler something legitimate to do because she's paired with somebody who she's very similar to. So there's that. All right. We get going with the match and this. I did not like this match at all. I wish it wasn't on the card. I wish this was on the pre-show or just had never happened to be completely honest with you. So there's some quick offense. Shotzi ended up going after both Rousey and uh, Shayna Baszler, <clears throat> but y you know how that goes. It's a two-on-one, and there were some liberties being taken, and that's the uh, <laughs> the keywords from Corey Graves, <laughs> the official not counting them out and or disqualifying Shayna Baszler or uh, Ronda Rousey. So this this was all over the place but eventually uh shotzi manages to get rousey into the corner and shotzi hits a running attack so baszler shoved rousey out of the way leading shotzi to hit the corner but gets a suicide dive onto baszler shotzi sent rousey into the steel steps shotzi's punching and uh, trying to do what she can to get Baszler off the apron. But Shotzi ends up turning around, knocking Rousey down to the clothesline. Shotzi jumped off the top of the ropes, but Rousey countered, turning it into a slam with Rousey yelling, I can beat you with my feet. Why? Shotzi then blocked a kick and stomped Rousey along with a leg drop attempt, but Rousey blocked that while trapping Shotzi's legs. Rousey grabbed the leg. Shotzi got an enziguri in. Rousey rolled through, leading to a submission, pulling on Shotzi. At this point, the fans started chanting, we want Sasha, we want Sasha, and then they muted that audio and replaced it with the generic audio track of the crowd. <laughs> so yeah. then uh, they did uh, an another spot on the apron. Shotzi knocked Rousey down and tried to a DDT on the apron, but there was a slip and it sucked and they both fell down onto the floor and it looked like Shotzi almost like broke her neck. It was ugly. Uh, Shotzi got up, kicked Baszler, hit the sliced bread neckbreaker onto the floor. 
Shotzi flipped Rousey over the barricade and gave Baszler a back body drop over the barricade, and now comes more shenanigans. Shotzi gave Rousey and Baszler a cross-body block onto a few fans sitting in the front row. I say a few, quote, fans because they wouldn't legitimately throw, you know, let's just say 250 pounds of people at three or four people sitting in a row of chairs to have them fall over backwards. Right? So it's probably some paid people to sit there. Anyway, <clears throat> it would have been, I don't know, about a 25 count at this point, but um, the ref was taking his sweet time until he yelled, I want to say it was eight, as they're like, oh, we should get back into the ring. Got back into the ring. Rousey gets uh, Shotzi on her shoulders and leads to the Piper's Pit Slam. Then applying the arm bar on her left arm, Shotzi taps out. And again, seven minutes, 15 seconds of your life that you won't get back. This sounds terrible, Kidder. This sounds terrible. Yeah, I... I I was, uh, I don't want to say bored to tears, but I mean, I, I had that constant, basically what you talked about at the beginning of not talent for a championship match. I would have liked Shotzi to have the title because then you could put it on somebody who has the potential to wrestle because Rousey having the title I don't know. It's like they don't have anything else for her to do. Here, here's the championship. Walk around with it and yell at people. Yeah. Well, and part of the problem with Rousey is it's not that she can't wrestle. It's just she's not quite there. And I, you know, I listed her off as some of the top talent, but that's just I think partially because of her star power. People have followed her career. Um, I wouldn't say she's the best wrestler on the show. Um, but she'll kick your ass. That's for certain. Oh yeah. She can legitimately kill you. And that's what I don't like about it because it's not MMA where you're trying to take out that other person, you know, like you have to do moves, do them correctly and do them safely. And she has, well, as, as you said, she can do some of that, but apparently not well enough i don't know you know it's a different mindset you know and i would i would almost say that their missed opportunity in this is they should have her fighting more as an mma type fighter and less as a wrestler you know she should do less body slams except for her judo throws you know, I've watched some of her MMA bouts, you know, and you could have her doing the whole judo throws and kicks and punches and submissions, you know, and just squashing people that way. And it would still be entertaining um, in a sense. So, it, yeah, I, I think the problem is, is that trying to transition a, a real fighter into that 
can be difficult. I mean, we've seen MMA fighters come over and some have succeeded and some have not. Um, but like Shayna Baszler is a great example. Shayna Baszler is also an MMA fighter by training. And you look at how they originally handled her and she came off much more like an MMA fighter than a wrestler. So, hey, get her. Yeah. Violent Nights is playing behind you, or at least the trailer for it. We talked about this on the show. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, I, I just wanted to point it out because, you know, I, I told you it was kind of a cheesy movie just oh. from the trailer. So it was more yeah. of like, look, a chance for you to see it. Ah, shucks. I pushed. I, I must have missed it. Something happened. Technology. I don't know. We should continue. Well, We're only three matches in, and this is almost taking longer than the AEW paper <laughs> review that we did recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, here we are. So they they finished that <clears throat> video about Cody Rhodes, my son Cody Rhodes. Yes, the same stuff that they've showed before, and then a WrestleMania goes Hollywood video. Now they go back to the locker room, Roman Reigns, and uh, is still sitting there. Sami Zayn comes walking on in and uh, basically confronts him about talking to KO. Sami Zayn says yes, and why July to Jay? It said, well, you know, it was right before his match, and he wanted the advantage, so he didn't want Jay to have to worry about it, and Jay's got trouble trusting Sami Zayn and et cetera, et cetera, right? So basically it's uh, a little bit of butt kissing and Roman gives Sammy a look in the eyes, not like Walker, Texas Ranger. And then they hug it out. They left. Let's do this. So, like that they had built both of those things in there because uh, again it's those little little pieces of the story that you might not catch or might not know right so it's just a little little bit of extra all right next up triple threat match for the wwe united states championship this match is 14 minutes 50 seconds and Features the United States champion, Seth Rollins, former United States champion, Bobby Lashley, and former United States champion, Austin Theory. I chose Seth Rollins for this. Uh, I, too, am going with Seth Rollins because, I mean, they just took it off Lashley. I don't think they're going to give it to Theory. Uh, I think they're going to keep it on Rollins. And and that's all I got. It, all right. Yeah. Survivor Series is not usually the time that you change titles. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. one of the big four. So let's get on. First up, Bobby Lashley enters the arena first. Then Austin Theory 
His entrance, very weird. Remember that game that I mentioned the commercial didn't know what it was? Mm -hmm. The whole Titantron was video of that game with Austin Theory's music playing and Austin Theory walking to the ring. And eventually after Austin Theory was verbally announced to the arena that he was, you know, making his way to the ring. They mentioned what game it was cut to a wide shot of the arena with uh, one of the augmented reality 3D graphics of the logo of that game, to which I still have no idea of what the hell it was. You're right over there, Darth. Sorry, I'm <laughs> focusing intently on painting really small things and just want to make sure that you're OK and I don't need to wake you up. <laughs> nope. Still here. Still here. Okay. So I thought this was weird. Seth Rollins comes out normal. Seth Rollins uh, entrance and, you know, the uh, crowd interaction and singing. <clears throat> so uh, the also I know I didn't mention it for the past two matches, but they, of course, had the two rings set up next to each other because very difficult to take those apart and put them back together mid show. So they only focus on the one ring at a time. So right away bell rings. I thought this was hilarious. Lashley grabs theory and it's a, a running shoulder tackle throws him out of the ring, turns around, Hits a shoulder tackle on Rollins in the corner. And then Rollins goes after Lashley, but they're staring at each other. Theory gets up to the to the apron. Rollins grabs him and throws him off into the barricade. Like both of them hating on Theory. I thought it was hilarious. All right. Now Lashley and uh, Rollins start going back at it. Lashley hits an overhead suplex on Rollins. That's five. Lashley gets the running clotheslines on both of them because uh, Theory's back of the ring at this point. Against the turnbuckle there. Lashley gets the flatliner DDT at the same time on both opponents, and it looked like he snapped Austin Theory and Seth Rollins in half. Lashley used Theory to knock down Rollins. Then Lashley had a spinning slam off the shoulders on top of Rollins or of Rollins. That is leading to theory, pulling the referee out to break up the pin. Lashley tossed theory over the barricade at ringside. Lashley blocked a chair attack and Lashley had theory on his shoulders, but theory shoved Lashley. Rollins got back into it with a jumping knee onto Lashley on the floor. Rollins then sent Lashley into the steel steps. Theory knocked down Rollins with punches and followed uh, by Theory using the steel steps on Lashley and Rollins as well. Theory threw the steps at Lashley to knock him down. Theory sent Rollins into the ring, leading to a rolling drop kick for a two count. Theory stomped on Rollins in the chest a few times and then... Well, uh, at this point, a theory goes after Lashley on the floor, sends him onto the hood of the commentary table. 
Theory sent Lashley into the barricade as well. Now they get back into the ring. Rollins goes for a pin attempt on Theory for a two count. Theory hit the elbow smash on Rollins. There are some chops back and forth with Rollins and Theory followed by a sling blade and a super kick that sent Theory out of the ring. Rollins hits a suicide dive on Lashley on the floor. And then Rollins hits a suicide dive on Theory and another suicide dive on Lashley. Rollins sent Theory out of the ring where Lashley was leading to Rollins hitting a somersault dive over the top onto both guys on the floor. Back into the ring, Rollins hits a sit-out powerbomb on Theory for a two count. Rollins wanted the stomp on Theory, but Lashley saved Theory, and Lashley hit a spine buster on Rollins. Lashley put the hurt lock on Rollins, leading to Theory applying a sleeper on Lashley at the same time. Lashley let go of Rollins, then dumped Theory out of the ring. Rollins kicked Lashley in the gut, leading to a pedigree for a two count. Rollins went up top for a splash. Lashley moved. Theory sent Rollins out of the ring, and Theory hit a blockbuster neckbreaker on Lashley. Theory tried a lift, but Lashley went for the hurt lock again. Theory countered off the turnbuckle into a pin attempt, and Rollins broke that up with a frog splash onto Lashley for a two count. Theory and Rollins each tried moves on each other. Lashley tried doing a hurt lock on both guys because he ended up getting both of them locked at the same time. Looked weird, not working well, was broken up easily. Rollins hit the super kick on Lashley, followed by a forearm to Theory's back. Rollins jumped off Theory's back for the stomp, getting that extra little bit of oomph. Rollins sent Theory into the apron. Theory up top, though. Rollins jumped up top with a superplex into the Falcon Arrow attempt, but as he is uh, holding Theory up for the Falcon Arrow, Lashley hits Rollins with the spear, twisting Theory around on top of Rollins. The ref gets down one, two, three. Your new United States champion, Austin Theory. Ah, did not see that coming. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It was quite the swerve, so I have to give him that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting that. Um, and in fact, that is such a kind of a out of nowhere thing for them to do. Kidder, could this be? What is this? Was this the DraftKings screwy finish of the night? I'm going to let you have it, Howard. I'm going to let you have it because, you know, the next one, there's due to be some screwiness in it. So, sure. All right. There you go. This match. DraftKings screwy finish of the night. I believe that leaves us with one match left, Kidder. That is correct. Let's, I should let's... also mention that uh, DraftKings was sponsor of this 
a couple times, and they audibly mentioned it with uh, lower third showing the DraftKings, blah, blah, blah. And if you have a gambling addiction, you should figure that out and fix yourself. Uh, as Austin Theory was leaving with the championship belt, Graves ended up talking about uh, how Theory is the now. And Theory had the uh, armbands and wristbands and his knee pads all saying the now. Whatever. All right. Next, a video package about The Miz again and uh, his feud with Dexter. And then a New Day promo about WWEshop.com and Black Friday deals still going on, which you can get them at the WWEshop.com. And then another video package about the Royal Rumble 2023. Nine weeks out because it's January 28th. All right. <clears throat> then they go back to the locker room again. He's got Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. And Jay came back asking if Sammy lied to him. Reigns said, I looked Sammy into the eye and saw what I needed to see. Jay said, I, I, yep, dog. And then they left. No video package leading up to the War Games main event because it's been pretty much covered at this point between their show and our show. They did do the cage lowering. So you got the as it came down. Next. It is your main event. <clears throat> Here we are. The Bloodline. Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa, and Jimmy and Jay Uso with Paul Heyman versus the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, along with Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. This match officially 38 minutes, 30 seconds. I went out a limb and uh, picked the Brawling Brutes because you think about it, the bloodline has nothing to lose. The championships aren't on the line. They're not going to look weak if they lose because it's, it's a, a stables match, right? So... There could be some screwiness in it. I mean, it's one of these cage matches where there's a lot of stuff happening. So overall, I think the Brutes, you know, might need a little bit more, especially McIntyre and KO because, well, McIntyre won at the last pay-per-view. I mean, he's had a lot of losses lately, right? So there's my reasoning. You might have to unmute yourself. Oh, that's right. Sorry. I moved the camera and I muted myself. Um, anyway, Kidder, I was saying, um, I'm uh, I'm a bit disappointed that you uh, went out on the limb to make that pick because uh, I was going to go with the Brutes and McIntyre <laughs> and Kevin Owens. And uh now that puts me in this weird predicament. Do I stick with my guns that they're going to be the people who win it? 
in that case, Kidder, you are guaranteed the win for tonight. Or do I try to go for the tie and uh, pick the bloodline and hope that you are wrong? Hmm. 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 That's a that's a dilemma. Well, look at all these guys, right? They're excited for for whatever choice you make. Uh, I I think I'm going to stick to my guns. I know it means it guarantees you the win, Kidder, but I just think with everything they're doing, I know there are plans uh, to bring KO and Sami Zayn together, possibly against the Usos. Um, And they are going to be running Montreal soon. Um, And so I could see a great way to jumpstart said uh, feud would be something with Sami Zayn, whether he costs the bloodline the match. You know, you mentioned that you could get disqualified if you leave the cage. Maybe Sami Zayn steps out, disqualifies the, uh, the bloodline. You know, maybe Sami Zayn's the one who takes the pin. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to my guns and at least get the point and uh, say the brutes and KO. Plus, I like KO. So, mm-hmm. and I already went against one of my favorites and uh, lost a point. So, right, yeah, you can't can't uh, go against that stunning son of a bitch KO. <clears throat> and there's the cage. There was the cage. Now there's the people. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Not in the cage. Not in the cage. <laughs> they left them out of the cage. They should have done so this again, from the cage. <laughs> this, this, they should have had a separate cage to keep them in. Jeez. No wonder they're not winning at any kind of like, uh, I don't know, anything. They don't you have gotta, genius ideas like that. I mean, they got a, a Punjabi prison that's sitting around gathering dust. They could have put them in that. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of dust on that thing. Just bring that out of retirement. <laughs> All right. So, again, with this, one team makes their entrances. Four out of the five go into the locked cage off to the side. The one goes into the ring. The other team makes their entrance. The go into the four of them go into the lock cage and the one goes to the ring. So KO making his entrance and appearance first. He's wearing a Dusty Rhodes shirt and a, a red armband over his elbow. Don't know if it was just because of his elbow or because of the significance there of Dusty Rhodes and his appearance and of course creating the war games match. Then Drew McIntyre makes his way out, followed by the brawling brutes of Seamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, with Butch heading down to the ring first because it is his fourth, yes, count it fourth, war games match. Then the bloodline makes their group entrance with Roman Reigns, Usos, Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn, and Paul Heyman. They, uh, of course, uh, eye down the other four opponents in their locked cage off to the side. Uh, 
Reigns nods at Jay, hugs him, and Jay heads down to the ring to start off the match that isn't actually the start of the match. So, you know what that means, Howard Blues? It's time for the main event. Sheamus McIntyre team had the advantage on SmackDown. They won that match. And so, of course, based on this, the first five minutes is Jay and Butch starting out the match, followed by the first person to leave the uh, cage there will be from the team of the Brawling Brutes. So, Jay and Butch take their time at the beginning. Jay's a bit reluctant to lock up with Butch, but Butch hits Jay with a running left clothesline. Cole mentioned that Heyman was a manager of the, the Dangerous Alliance team about 30 years ago in another War Games match that took place. So there's a little side note for you. Butch started doing the manipulation thing on Jay's fingers with some finger snapping. Butch pulled Jay's finger, and then uh, Jay countered with a neck breaker, followed by a double knee attack to Butch's arm. Jay set Butch into the steel cage. Butch stomped on Jay's head, and then, while well, Jay avoided an armbar attempt while slamming Butch down. That's a three, two, one, zero. Next entrant, Ridge Holland. Here we go. Came running on in. Gets to the ring, hits Jay with a shoulder tackle. Jay got a kick, but Holland hit a spinning power slam. Holland charged at Jay with four straight running splashes. Butch then hit a forearm smash, and Holland hit another running splash. Holland and Butch hit a high-low clothesline sweep kick combo on Jay. Butch did some more finger snapping. And uh, Jay uh, was there and got stomped on the right hand. Butch and Ridge went after Jay some more and kept on stomping Jay. Three, two, one, zero. Time is up as uh, the cage door opens. Jimmy starts walking, but Rain says, hold up, wait a minute. Send Sammy Zayn instead. The fans start chanting, Sammy Uso. Sammy Uso. Gets down to the ring, and uh, Holland and Butch waited for him. Jay was back up, though. He sent Butch into the cage. Ridge tossed Jay down, and Sammy jumped Holland from behind with some punches, and then Sammy stomped on Holland repeatedly. Zane and Holland exchanged some punches. Jay held Holland and Zane as he knocked Holland down. Jay argued with Zane a bit while Butch kicked them back, and Butch hit a moonsault off the top rope onto both of them. Holland gave Zane and Jay double back body drop. Holland charged at Jay, who was pulled out of the way by Zane, and Holland hit the corner of the turnbuckle. Jay then sent Butch into the cage as well. Time has now expired on that three minutes, and the next person in for the Brawling Brutes is Drew McIntyre. 
Zayn and Jay were standing in the ring waiting for him. Drew came hauling in, clotheslining Zayn, and whipped Jay into the steel cage several times. Drew launched Jay into the cage. Drew had an overhead suplex on Zayn, followed by a spine buster onto Jay. Drew wanted a superplex on Jay, but Zayn stopped that. Holland sent Zayn into the cage for it. Drew was uh, upside down in the corner at this point. Jay knocked Holland and Butch down, so Drew pulled up with a suplex on Jay like Drew's done before. Drew then hit a future shock DDT on Zayn. Count, uh, da, the, the countdown, that is, ticked away to zero. The three minutes is up. Next into the ring, Jimmy Uso on behalf of the Bloodline. So he came running down, picked up some toys off from underneath the ring, throwing the stuff into the ring, including three. Yes, count them three tables from under the ring. So they get a little bit of help from uh, Sami Zayn again. Jay didn't like Zay setting up the table. Jay shoved Zayn, who shoved him back. Jimmy tried to break the two of them up. Well, Romans looked disgusted sitting in the cage. Also, well, he was in the cage. He was uh, seated on a steel chair. Nobody else in the evening got the comfort of sitting on a steel chair while locked in the, the uh, cage there. So at this point, the Usos worked together to send Drew into the side of the cage. Jimmy sent Butch into the cage. The bloodline then set up a table against the turnbuckle. Jay super kicked Drew while Zane stepped on Drew in the corner. Jimmy had a running hip attack on Butch, and then Drew delivered headbutts to both Zane and Jimmy. Time's up. Three minutes is now past KO is the fourth member in for the Brawling Brutes. KO comes running in, grabs some steel chairs, throws them into the ring. Owens hit both the Usos with chair shots to the back and a DDT on Jimmy onto the steel chair. Owens then hit a cannonball splash on Jay in the corner. Owens went up top, hit a swanton bomb on Jay. Owens ended up tossing a chair at Jimmy and smoked him in the head. <laughs> It's just hilarious because he picks up the chair and like throws it, you know, like he's gonna catch it and whack. <laughs> just it was a good moment. <clears throat> it was like NDWF all over again. Anyway, Zane faces off with Owens, but Holland grabbed Zane, leading to some punches. Jay then hit Owens with a chair to the back. Drew hit a delayed vertical suplex on Zane. Owens gave Jimmy a belly-to-back suplex through a table, six, that was set up near the ring. Time is up. The clock has struck zero once again, and Solo Sokoa, the enforcer, makes his way to the ring. Solo clears the ring as he knocks everybody down, hits a Samoan drop on Holland on top of it. Solo faced off with Owens in between the two rings as they exchanged punches. Solo hit a head button, but then Owens sent Solo into the cage, and Solo no-sold it. He no-soloed it. Thank you. Owens hit two super kicks, a stomp onto the barefoot, and Solo then fought back 
with a back body drop on Owens onto the steel grating between those two rings, as I mentioned earlier in this show. Solo got into a slugfest with Drew, who got a kick to the head, and Solo hit a roundhouse kick to Drew's head as well. Solo tried a running attack, but Drew had a flying headbutt to stop him. Clock has now struck zero in another three minutes, and Seamus, the wee baby Seamus, came uh, running on in on behalf of the brawling brutes. Seamus slams the door onto Zane, who tried to keep him out. Seamus starts throwing out clotheslines like they're going out of style. A backbreaker and a power slam. Seamus then gets a double clothesline while Reigns was shown getting ready in the cage because we're now at about a minute left. The Brutes trio splashed the Usos and Zane against the cage. Drew worked over Solo with some punches. Seamus then battled with Solo, and Seamus gave him a white noise off the middle rope of the turnbuckle straight into the mat. The clock has now struck zero. It's time for the main event again. So Roman Reigns comes walking down as the Roman Reigns pace for everything. And now, as you know, the match can now begin. It's time for the War Games match. Ding, ding, ding. Roman Reigns gets into the ring. His team was near. And uh, the opponents... The Brawling Brutes were in the opposite ring, and they had a five-on-five showdown. Reigns helped Jay back up to his feet. Referees in both rings. They have that distant stare down, and then, well, they go up to the in-between portion where there's this short distance between the two and start exchanging punches five-on-five. Reigns starts clearing house with uppercut punches on all five opponents. Reigns hits a Superman punch on Sheamus. Reigns charged, but Sheamus uh, gets a kick, and then Drew helped Sheamus try to trap Reigns. But everybody else got involved breaking up that count. The entire Brutes team all did forearms to the chest, you know, the old uh, 10 beats to the Beldrum. Well, it wasn't just 10. They went uh, collectively, all five of them, to about 18, and then it dropped off. So there were four that had 19, three that had 20, two that had 22. And then uh, Seamus hit 23, I think it was, on Reigns. So it's not 10 beats of the Beldrum, but about, like, 100. <laughs> Count them out yourself if you want to actually do it. and. No, we don't need that ad. <laughs> All right. Howard Blue's trying to sneak. Come on now. Get that crap out of here. All right. So fans were going nuts at that, which was, you know, very nice. Rain started battling Seamus, who's in control. Reigns hit him with an uppercut. Seamus came back with a jumping knee. And then Seamus set up. For a brogue kick, but Reigns moved out of the way thanks to Solo, and Sheamus ended up hitting Solo with the brogue kick. Reigns hit a spear on Sheamus, but Butch made that save to break it up at two count. Zayn goes after Butch with punches now, and Jay went over to them. Jay super kicked Zayn because Butch got out of the way of the super kick. 
The fans then started chanting asshole at Jay because, well, I guess he was. The Usos then hit a 1D on Butch, got a two count. Holland makes the save. Usos hit a double super kick on Holland, followed by Reigns hitting the spear, putting Holland through the table in the turnbuckle, as mentioned earlier. Drew then got a hold of Reigns as he went for a move through the table, but Solo super kicked Drew. Solo hit a spinning solo on Drew, and then Owens hit a stunner on Solo for a two count because Reigns broke up that pin attempt. Owens faced off with Reigns as Owens said he wasn't done with him. Reigns goes for an uppercut, followed by the Superman punch on Owens. Reigns charged. Uh, Owens got a super kick and then hit a pop-up power bomb on Reigns. Owens then hit a stunner on Reigns, got a two count. Sami Zayn grabbed the ref's right arm to stop the three count. At this point, the fans started chanting Sammy Uso again. Zane faced off with his best friend KO while everybody else was laying toast on the mat in both rings. Jimmy tried to a super kick on Owens. Owens caught the kick, but Zane goes downtown for a low blow uppercut on Owens. Sammy was upset with himself for doing that. <clears throat> and uh, Cole ends up mentioning that KO uh, was the best man at Sami Zayn's wedding. Zayn said something to Reigns, and then the fans were chanting the ole, 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 ole for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn goes to the corner as he's fighting with himself, decides for it, goes running across the ring, hits the haluva kick on Owens. Jimmy Uso is waiting over in the corner, Sami Zayn pulls KO to the middle of the ring, lays him out, points at him for G, uh, Jay Uso to jump off the top with the Uso splash and pin Owens for the one, two, and three, the winners by pinfall, the bloodline at officially 38 minutes, 30 seconds. Should have gone for the win, Kidder. I should have gone for the tie. I should have picked the bloodline. Uh, well, I thought about that as well. Just because. I thought it'd be more more fun, right? Like uh, Sammy's, Sammy Zayn turning on the bloodline. Or KO just turning on the brawling brutes because he just wants to beat up everybody, right? Or he and Sami Zayn turning on everybody else. I don't know. But apparently they are holding this line a little bit longer. Yeah. I mean, and that's always the potential. I know that they're really playing up this tease, and I think that they really are building towards a KO Sami Zayn run that I think I think that they're they're giving us all these hints, they're giving us all these teases, and they're just kind of getting us excited for it. So it'll be interesting to see when they pull the trigger on it. I mean, this is, I guess the thing is, you know, in years past when we followed WWE, you know, you're used to, like, they didn't wait around on stuff. They pulled the trigger very quickly. And 
I think now with this new regime, we're kind of seeing a bit more of the slow roll, a little bit more of we're giving these hints, but doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to happen, you know, soon. So, I mean, who knows? It could be a year from now. I hope not, but it could be a year from now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw something about that in one of the articles that I had come across in the past couple months about how the fans have uh, had such a positive reaction to Sammy accompanying Roman and the bloodline and how, as they've put it, Sammy has broken a few of the Usos at times during the shows that it's been a uh, one of the more interesting segments that they've been doing. And so they've delayed Sami Zayn and KO having their, uh, whatever you want to call it, whether they're doing a tag run together or just uh, a program against each other. So I think that's kind of what it turned out to be and, uh, not too bad. Yeah. Well, it sounds like this overall was a decent show. Probably a good show uh, with with a few rough spots and a few yeah matches in there, um, but overall it it sounds like maybe three out of the five matches were uh, decent or good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. worth a watch, uh, you know when yeah. you can't sleep at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And uh, hey, everybody can see the scoreboard up top that uh, lets everybody know, Kidder, you're the big winner on the night, having uh, three out of the five correct. I only had two correct. So, yeah. And uh, any last final thoughts, Kidder, on uh, Survivor Series War Games? It's kind of a general thought of the live premium or premium live events, the PLEs as they are. and I hope as they continue on with these, the time, not too bad. If they do start adding more matches, you know, more than five or six, put them on the kickoff, get at least one of them out of the way in a shorter fashion on that. Uh, also, the promos thing. I know that they insert commercials for the people who pay less on Peacock, but get rid of those segments because they're they're really detracting from the rest of the show and finally make the opening videos better let's go back to when they actually meant something really meant something about the show maybe it's just because i'm not as invested or interested in a lot of the product maybe that's what it is i don't know but do something a little bit more. Make them cooler. They, they seem very gimmicky to me. Not a fan, you know. And and showing highlights in the opening video. Just stop. Please stop. I don't like it. Anyway, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. I got one last question for you, Kidder. Yeah. And we'll keep it we'll keep it short because we've been uh we've been talking for quite a while. But next year, mm-hmm. November pay-per-view, Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. 
back to the traditional Survivor Series match or War Games? Hmm. Yeah. I either change the rules of the War Games match to make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, where okay, you make a pin and then somebody leaves, and then it's kind of like the Survivor Series match. But yet you're still locked in the cage. And if you leave before you've been pinned or submitted, your whole team loses. That's an interesting idea to me. The the other NXT match that they came up with is apparently Shawn Michaels idea. I think there's way too much stuff happening in that. And I can't remember what they're calling that, if, if you recall hearing anything about that recently. But I don't think that would work uh, too well for you know Survivor Series either. So if we did the Survivor Series War Games next year, change it up so then it's shorter, a shorter amount of time to uh, have to deal with all of that. But uh, the spots were pretty good. I like the, you know, no holds barred, hell in a cell, extreme rules, etc. feel to it. So I would be okay with it returning with a couple modifications. Yeah, I, I will say I'm more interested in, in war games like this compared to uh, Survivor Series, especially since Survivor Series has been Raw versus SmackDown. Um, and that just, that has grown tired and has been one of the kind of the worst parts of Survivor Series in the last, you know, five, six years is that because it's like, oh, we got to put all the feuds aside so we can do this brand war. So I, my brand is better than yours, but we don't actually know really what brand you're on. Just, because you show up on the other brand sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I I kind of like the fact that we're moving away from that and into some of these factions versus factions. I think it's the perfect setting for something like that. So, and uh, with that, Kidder, we've been talking for quite a while. It's time we wrap this up with some cheap plugs. And as is the tradition on these, since you do most of the talking on these uh, wrestling reviews... I uh, step in and I handle the cheap plugs. So here we go. We've mentioned it a couple of times tonight, but our home in cyberspace is beerbluesandbs.com. Although drop the end. It's just beerbluesbs.com. It's late. Howard's tired. <laughs> but that is our home in cyberspace. It's where you can find all of the places that the show is located. You can find the merch store. I'm not going to hit that uh, too hard because Kidders hit it pretty hard. Well, I hit it pretty hard at the beginning of the show. Throughout the show, all you need to know is use code Howard at checkout for 20% off. You're welcome. Are you saying uh, you don't want one of these premium t-shirts at a non-premium price? I, I already have that shirt, Kidder. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> continuing on, with that, the other thing you could do, say you don't have a lot of money for merch. Maybe you spent it all on Black Friday. Hey, that's okay. You can also support this show by buying us a beer. It gets you a shout-out on the show. It gets you even a chance to, hey, put in a message. We'll put it up there. Chance for you to interact with us uh, as we do the show. Uh, and it's fairly, fairly reasonably priced. Besides that, uh, please, please check out our Facebook page. 
as a great spot to see other things because every now and then we post a little bit of extra stuff, a little bit of extra content. And so it's a great way to keep up with us and see what we are up to. Hey, if you're big on the gram, I'm not. But uh, hey, we have an Instagram, uh, so you can check that out as well and uh, see some of the things we're posting there. Hey, if you like this show and want to see our happy smiley faces or the suffering that we put ourselves through, uh, check out the video version over on YouTube. Just search Beer Blues MBS. It's great. Our editor, Future Howard, he's got a thing for Easter eggs and hiding things in the videos and being snarky. So it adds to the experience. It's uh, it's like when you used to watch VH1 and they would do the music videos with the little pop-up bubble- bubbles that gave you factoids. Yeah, it's like that, but snarky. Yeah, or hey, maybe you're a audio podcast purist guess what we're on all of the audio podcast services so whether you listen to uh, things off of amazon podcast google podcasts stitcher iHeartRadio, spotify pod chaser y- you name one we're on it just search beer blues mbs we're there you can find us you can download this show and take us with you wherever you go and with that it's time for us to say goodbye i am howard blues the man across the internet from me is the mark kidder the man the myth and the legend and uh as we always say keep your glass at least half full free beer tomorrow and uh we'll catch you all down that wonderful Tuscan Highway. Have a good night, everybody. I heard there's a war rolling in. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. We get to do it all again, all over again, tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Survivor Series is tomorrow, isn't it? More games! <laughs> I'll probably be watching football or being subjected to football, so I, I might not be able to give you any sub, any reasonable analysis on your wrestling. You got a phone, right? You get I do, yeah. I can plug her in. That's, I was going to say... Seeing the actual pay-per-view is not a criteria for actually reviewing. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I can I can bullshit with the best of them. So it's, I, it's, I I have so far made a very successful career as a guy reviewing pay-per-views. <laughs> I have not seen. <laughs> He's made a career off of it, people. Look what this guy can do.
Doing so well, I'm giving away 20% in our store. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's true. It's true. It's damn true. Yeah.